Happy Resurrection Day, folks. Uh, we are so glad that you're here worshiping with us on this glorious morning, the morning that our Lord and Savior rose from the dead. <laughs> it is definitely incredibly good news this morning. We, we have been waiting all week for this day. I mean, we've yeah. enjoyed the, the going through Holy Week, um, reading the devotionals, uh, had a great service Thursday night, but everything culminates right here today, yeah. celebrating the empty tomb and a risen Savior. So we are so excited. We hope that today you will be encouraged and strengthened in the faith, that you'll be inspired to be on mission with God, and that you you will be filled with hope. So uh, how about if I open us up in prayer? Sounds great. Father God, Lord, we do thank you for this uh, uh, wonderful day, this day of celebration. And Lord, we thank you that we worship a risen Christ. He is alive today. And Lord, because he is alive, uh, we can face the future no matter what it holds. And so Lord, as we look at your word this morning, would you encourage our hearts? Would you fortify us in our faith? And uh, Lord, just uh, allow your joy to fill our hearts this morning. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, as we uh, talk about the resurrection uh, here on Easter Sunday, I, I think we have to at least acknowledge the fact that there, have, there, there has been a debate over the centuries sure. as to what happens to a person when they die. Yeah. Um, some people simply believe they cease to exist. Yeah. Uh, they become fertilizer for the ground. Um, other people believe that their spirit lives on, but in a disembodied state. Uh, think ghost if, if you will. And, uh, and then there are others who believe that their souls are reincarnated and they might come back as a, a bird, a dog, a fly, another human being. Uh, it's always interesting when you talk to people who believe in that. They always come back as somebody better <laughs> or than, than who they were before, you know, a king, a queen, or whatever. Um, and, you know, that question is not new. It, it was a question that the religious leaders in Jesus' day uh, argued about, debated about. There were actually two groups of people, Pharisees. Uh, and Sadducees, the, the Pharisees were really the religious leaders of the common people. The Sadducees uh, were more of the uh, aristocratic types. Yeah. And uh, one of the big differences between the two is that the uh, Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in a physical resurrection or a spiritual resurrection. In fact, they didn't believe in spirits uh, either. And so, and the Pharisees, on the other hand, believed in all of it. And uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he himself was a Pharisee. And later on in his life, he actually was put on trial for proclaiming uh, that Jesus had risen from the dead. And so uh, when we talk about resurrection, we need to understand that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the watershed event of all human history. Christianity rises and falls yeah. on, on the historicity of the resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... And when we talk about the gospel, it's the centerpiece. You know, we have the cross and the resurrection, but, but the resurrection is, is really what gives us hope for today, for tomorrow, and for all of eternity. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the, the Apostle Paul does a great job of summing up for us what is the gospel. And we're going we're gonna to take a look at that in a minute. 
And then he goes on to share with us certain proofs for the resurrection, which I think are very powerful. Yeah. They're not the only proofs, but um, they're, they're there and they're very convincing. And then he, he endeavors to get us to think what, what would happen if Christ had not been raised from the dead. Um, and, and really, it's, it's not a pretty picture. And, but, but then it also raises the question, but what if he has, what if he really rose from the dead? Well, that changes everything. Yeah. Cause if it's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we turn over to first Corinthians chapter 15? Uh, we'll read the first four verses first, take a look at what is the gospel in, uh, chapter 15, verse one, we read, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul just does a masterful job of, of some summarizing the essence of the gospel here. It's kind of like a drop the mic moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he doesn't include every part yeah. of it. He doesn't go all the way back to the creation of the world and, and, and all of that. But, but he is giving you the essential elements of the gospel, which we're going to talk about. Um, but maybe we need to clarify what the word gospel actually means. We use that a lot. We do. So um, gospel simply means what? Good, good news. news. <laughs> good news. And today there's, there's some good news. Jesus yeah. is risen. And um, the, 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 the reason why it's good news, though, is because of the bad news. Yeah. And the bad news is simply um, that we're sinners, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. And uh, you go all the way back to Genesis uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and you realize God takes a very dim view of rebellion. Yeah. Um, when Adam sinned, even before he sinned, he says, in the day in which you sin, you will surely die. And we know that Adam went on to live many years after that, but he died spiritually. Mm. And as a result of his sin, the whole human race was plunged into sin and death. And all the suffering that we endure in this life, the, the COVID-19 that we're dealing with, these are all effects of the fall. And, and that's the bad news. And, and it gets worse because there's absolutely nothing that we can do about our condition. Yeah. We can't be good enough. That's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't, can't go to church enough. Can't, can't do good works to get... And, and so the good news is, is that God took into consideration that we could never save ourselves. And he sent his one and only son to earth to take the sins of the world upon himself, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty that we should have paid for our sins, and then on the third day, rise from the dead, breaking the power of sin and death so that it made it possible for us by faith to be saved from our sins and to know that we have eternal life. 
good. That's good news. Well, <laughs> we think about Easter as just some holiday, right? Yeah. And, you know, Easter bunnies, colored eggs, mm-hmm. you know, Easter egg hunts, you know, baskets with chocolate bunnies that most people maybe don't want. Um, and we miss, um, even in this moment, this isn't just a religious moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um, God um, redeeming mankind. Yeah. Restoring, providing a way to restore mm-hmm. his relationship with his creation. Mm-hmm. And such an act of grace. And to do it um, so powerfully by yeah. coming back from the dead. Well, just think this past Thursday with, with our service and yeah. the things that we saw Christ endure um, to make our salvation a reality is, is just incredible. Yeah. Now, now Paul mentions three things that, that, that are the centerpiece of the gospel. Namely, Christ died, mm-hmm. he was buried, and on the third day he rose uh, in accordance with the scriptures. And we, it, we might be tempted to blow past that really quick, but I want us to slow down just a little bit um, and, and take them one at a time. The, the first, Christ died, yeah. okay? You can't have a resurrection unless you've got a dead body, and, and, and so this is foundational to the Christian faith is that we believe that when Christ was on the cross, he really died. Yeah. And they laid a cadaver in the tomb. Yeah. Uh, some people have tried to uh, uh, promote a theory that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. I don't know if you've heard this, you know, uh, they, they call it the swoon theory. Uh, they believe that Jesus didn't really die. He just fainted. He was just overwhelmed and he fainted. It really, it doesn't hold water. Any reputable scholar or critic would realize that what Jesus went through, um, there's, there's no way he would have survived. And even at the cross, when they broke the other two thieves' uh, legs to speed up their death, they yeah. saw that Jesus was already dead. Uh, but to make sure, uh, they thrust that spear into his side yeah. and blood and water flowed. And so it's very, very important if we're going to proclaim the resurrection that we assert that Jesus yeah. has died. And, and not only that he died, he was buried. He was laid in a tomb. Now, there's another theory. And the Pharisees spread this. They were afraid that the disciples were going to come and steal Jesus' body. Um, they didn't know the disciples very well because they, most of them were all cowards. Mm-hmm. Only John was at the cross. They, they were in hiding. But they went to Pilate and they requested that Pilate uh, seal the tomb and station a guard there. And so, um, so the fact that Jesus died was then laid in a tomb, a big stone had been rolled in it, and then there was Roman guards stationed there to guard it. No slouches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it's just to show that no one's getting in and no one's coming out, yeah. or so they thought. Hmm. Because Paul's third point is, is that Jesus was raised on the third day. And then it, it's, it adds to it according to the scriptures or in accordance with the scriptures. Now, this is fascinating too because Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. This was prophesied that Christ would rise from the dead. And so the Old Testament prophecy fulfilled in Christ only serves to confirm that he was who he says he was, that he was the son of God, that he did rise from the dead. But I don't know if you ever thought about it. His rising from the dead also gives credence and weight to the Old Testament. 
Oh, yeah. By, by doing that, he is showing that the Old Testament is trustworthy. It is mm-hmm. God's inerrant, infallible word. And so I, I just thought this was fascinating here. And, and again, believing the gospel changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's what gives us hope for the present. It's what gives us hope for the future. And um, a lot of people, when they think of eternal life, though, they, they think about it, it begins when we die. When the reality, Scripture says eternal life begins now, mm-hmm. in the here and the now, when we believe the gospel. Jesus himself said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So that's the good news. That's what the gospel is. It's what sustains us through life's difficulties, including uh, COVID. It's what gives meaning to suffering. Um, It's what gives us uh, the hope of everlasting life. And um, let me draw your attention to a few other things in those verses. Here, Paul speaks of receiving the gospel. Mm -hmm. So we always talk about receiving Christ, but here he talks about receiving the gospel, standing on the gospel, and holding fast to the word preached. It literally means to stake one's life on the truth of the resurrection, of of the gospel. Our faith is not a blind faith. It's rooted in history. It's rooted in facts. And and Paul gives us some compelling evidence for the resurrection, doesn't he? He does. And, you know, I think, you know, any story, if it's claimed to be true, is only as good as the facts that mm-hmm. support it. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I read um, a fictional book about a centurion who was in charge of this garrison, this Roman garrison that was to guard uh-huh. um, Jesus' tomb. And um, the, the hysteria that kind of happened afterward of how are we going to keep this down? And it was this, it's the story of this... Um, Roman centurion, as he began to seek out what was true. And it started as a journey for him um, to um, make sure there was no uprising or revolt mm-hmm. um, by the Christians to take over Rome, but it be turned into quickly a personal search for what is true. And Paul here uh, points out um, several things. So look at, um, they're starting in uh, verse 5, and it says, "...in that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some may have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, Paul says. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it wasn't I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. You know, we have this moment as Paul understands, he's a pretty intellectual guy, uh, he understands that if, if there's no proof of this resurrection, then we're just talking about fictional stories and fairy tales. But he points out that he, he appeared to Cephas or to Peter. He points out that he appeared to the disciples. You know, that moment there with doubting Thomas of wanting to see and touch, you know, Jesus' hand and his side. We remember that. Um, he appeared to more than um, 500 people at a time. So unless, <laughs> unless there's this um, mass hallucination kind of thing going on, that's pretty easy to go back and be like, did, did you 
Did you see <laughs> yeah. him? Yeah. Did you see Jesus alive after yeah. he was dead? I mean, that's a lot of people. That, that's another one of those crazy theories that actually is out there, the, the, oh, yeah. that, that, that there was a mass... Now, you can understand one or two people maybe having a hallucination, but 500 yeah. people having the same hallucination at the same time. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not going to happen. Um, and he said with those people that most of them were still alive. You can go and talk to them. Mm -hmm. You can find out. What did they see? Do their stories match up? Are they consistent? And um, 500 is a lot of people. And it says also he appeared to James and to all of the apostles. Mm -hmm. And then it says that um, Paul says he also appeared to me mm -hmm. on uh, that fateful road for him on the way to Damascus. Um, and to also think that Paul's not giving us all of... Um, the evidence of Christ's resurrection. Mm -hmm. no. there, there is certainly more in the scriptures. There's certainly more uh, with people um, that would have interacted, seen uh, Jesus uh, there in that day. Um, but what Paul gives us here is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. All of these people he appeared to, and most of them, many of them, are still alive. Uh, it's crazy. And for us, you know, if you're interested in uh, researching that even more and looking into that, uh, we, we'd encourage you to check out a couple of books that are yeah. incredible with this, have done some of the research, um, even oftentimes um, from a skeptical viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Check out Lee Strobel's books, The Case for the Resurrection, uh, The Case for Easter are really good, and then uh, Josh and Sean McDowell have written mm -hmm. a book called Evidence uh, for the Resurrection. Yeah, great books. And uh, oftentimes, um, as I'm trying to understand... Um, the importance and, and the weight and the gravity of things that happen in Scripture. This one's a little bit easier mm -hmm. to think about. You know, if, if Jesus uh, rose from the dead or he didn't, uh, wasn't risen from the dead. Um, so I'm curious, Paul, have you ever wondered um, how your life in our world might be different if Jesus um, didn't oh. raise from the dead? Yeah, actually I have <laughs> a lot. Um, I, I didn't come to faith until I was 21. Uh, so relatively speaking, you know, fairly early in life, not as early as I would have liked. Um, but as I have been, even this week, thinking about what my life would have been like had Christ not been raised from the dead, I don't think I'd, I would be here. Yeah. Um, the trajectory of, of my life was not a good one. And, um, and I, I'm not sure that, that I would literally be alive today if it wasn't for Christ. And, and I know that I'm not alone. I know there are an awful lot of people like me headed down the wrong road, the wrong path, but God arrested us, similar to what he did with Paul on the, on the road to Damascus. Yeah. And it's interesting because Paul actually goes on in this chapter um, to to point out some of the dark implications for us if Christ has not been raised. Yeah. And so why don't we take a look at that, um, verses 12 through uh, 19. Uh, it says, uh, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised, and your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins." then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, 
then we are of all people most to be pitied. Mm. Um, I think this is a very, very sobering passage uh, because Paul is, is, is wanting us to understand the difference that Christ's resurrection has made in our individual lives, but in the world at, at large. And I think one of the first things that he starts out with is he says, our preaching is in vain. Um, sometimes I wonder that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you know, so you know, you get up week in, week out, and you're preaching God's word, and you don't always see the the fruit of that, and and you wonder, are, are you making a dis- difference? But you know, you have to remember God's word, you know, doesn't come back null and void. But nonetheless, it's something that you can feel, and sure. and Paul is saying that our our preaching would have been in vain. It would have been empty and void. Ultimately, Paul is saying, I would have wasted my life mm. proclaiming a, a, a message that wasn't true. Yeah. But, but then he tags on to that. He says, your faith is in vain. Mm. Uh, in verse 17, he uses the word futile uh, or useless. Uh, it's worthless. You might say it's a joke. Your mm. faith would be a joke. Why? Because it's built on, on a message that I preached that isn't true. And, and you think of all the people who have put their faith and trust in a, in a risen Christ, that if he hasn't been raised, their faith is then in vain. And, and then he goes on to say that, that we are found to be false witnesses of God. And I think if there's one thing you don't want to be, say false witness of God, because yeah. uh, God will judge the false teachers. Yeah. You know, the scripture says, let not many of you become teachers, lest you incur a stricter judgment. Um, and I think this one here would probably have been worthy of hell. So, um, and then, you know, he adds, you are still in your sins. Because if, if you're trusting in a lie, well, then that lie isn't going to set you free. So you're still in bondage. You're still in prison to your sins. And, and more than that, you're still under the judgment of God. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. And, and, and the logical consequence of that follows when he says, those then who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What he's saying is that, that those people who have placed their faith in Christ, who have died, are now under the judgment of God and they are suffering eternal misery. And then the very last thing that, that he says here is that we are then to be most pitied. And I think, I think Christians would be um, the most pitiful people in the world if, in fact, we trusted in a lie. Yeah. Um, so Paul paints a bleak and horrible picture for us. Um, and, and think about the, all the good that has been done in the world by people who love Jesus, who believe in the resurrection. You take that hope away from them. What happens yeah. to the hospitals? What happens to, to schools? What happens to soup kitchens? What happens to all of that? It goes away. Yeah. Well, and I work with students, and this is something we talk about quite a bit, particularly for mm-hmm. young people who've grown up in the church. And they've just grown up learning um, information mm-hmm. uh, about who, who God is, about what the Bible says. And, you know, as they enter middle school and high school, they begin asking the questions, is this stuff really real? Mm-hmm. Because if it's not really real, then... There's implications. Yeah, I'm wasting my time. This thing's an utter joke. Yeah, and it's I, I should be pitied because I'm believing a lie that's been around for two thousand years and wasting my life. Yeah, on this. Yeah. So I mean, Paul points that out. Yeah. to these people that look if this ain't true, here's 
here's the reality. Mm-hmm. But I think Paul does this because he's trying to make a point. He's, he's very creative in the way that he does it. He, he states it in the negative yeah. to get us to think about the positive, to, to yeah. get us to think about the obverse or the reverse of what he's just said. So yeah. if, he, he, if then he was raised from the dead, then that would change everything. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's, let's take the not out of verse 14. Okay, so if you look back at verse 40, let's take the knot out of there and let's see what the outcome would be. So now it would be if Christ has been raised from the dead. Well, first, our preaching is not in vain. Yeah. Good news. <laughs> We're not completely wasting our time. Yet. Yes, yes. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, God's word will never return null and void, but it will accomplish the very purpose for which he set it out to perform. Mm. And I love uh, what Paul says in the very first chapter, 1 Corinthians. He says that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm. So there's power in the preaching of the word and the proclamation of the gospel. And for those people who believe it and who act upon it, um, their lives are forever transformed. Yeah. Well, let me look to you, you know, going on that note that um, your faith is futile or your faith is in vain. Your faith's not in vain mm-hmm. as we look back at it. You know, we're reminded in First Peter uh, chapter 1, it says this. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, mm. that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That goes on in verse 8 to say this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Mm-hmm. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, it's the salvation of your souls. Wow. And um, to think that our, our faith, it's not in vain, mm-hmm. that it, it will um, not just be mm-hmm. proven to be true, but we would also receive um, the gift of God through faith in God's grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll spend forever uh, with him. In, in verse 8 makes it very clear how applicable it is to us, you know, yeah. that, that we don't see him, but we love him because we know he's alive. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, again, uh, taking what Paul said earlier, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, but if he was, well, then we would also have to conclude that we are not false witnesses of God. Yeah wipe the sweat off the brow, you know? Um, yeah, we believe that Jesus rose from the dead and we have experienced resurrection power ourselves. Um, I, you know, I know you, you, you've got the same sort of story. I think anybody who, who is a believer in Jesus Christ can tell you that our lives have been transformed. It's not something that we have done yeah. It's something that God has done in us by His Spirit. Well, and I don't know about you. I grew up here, just down the road. And there's probably people watching today that knew me um, in middle school and high school and uh-huh. grew up with me. And, um, you know, they, they'd be able to tell you um, there was something different yeah. in, in Eric 
you know, mid late junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And clearly he just didn't, you know, change his mind on things that mm -hmm. clearly something happened to yeah. him and there was a difference. Yeah. So, you know, I think my favorite one, if we were to think about it, um, that if um, all of this is not true, that we're still in our sins, um, but uh, we are not yeah. still in yeah. If Christ our has sins. been raised, we're not. We're not. And to think about, um, it, it's not just that, you know, just Jesus died on a cross and, you know, that was a sad day and he rose from the dead and that, that was pretty cool. And that we've started some religion mm -hmm. uh, or something that, to believe in to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But um, Jesus has broken the power of sin Amen. and death in our lives when he rose from the mm -hmm. dead. That not just are we forgiven of our sins and we can have a relationship with him, but he is also, in, in, in raising from the dead, he has given us new life mm -hmm. in this moment. And the power of that... That'd be a great name for a church. Well played. <laughs> well played. And, you know, as we think about the power of the gospel, as many of us that are here today have experienced the power of this gospel, this good news, that uh, Christ came and he died and was buried and he rose again, that we might be forgiven of our sins. We've experienced that in our own lives and um, seeing the power of sin broken mm -hmm. in our lives. We've also got to remember that that message is just as true for everybody else in our city, yeah, everybody else, mm -hmm. as it is true for us if we choose um, to believe in Christ and cling to this hope. Um, also in uh, 1 Corinthians, um, it uh, reminds us in, in chapter 15, verse 20, it says this, but in fact... Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You know, he inserts um, at the end of this, um, yeah. talking about the negative yeah. things, this but, yeah. you know, that he puts in there. And I always love, you know, the, the but statements in mm -hmm. Scripture. And, um, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. So those who have believed in Christ, much like Jesus uh, was buried in a tomb and was raised to life, Christ does and will do that for us as well. So that, that's the hope that we're, we're not, talking about, we're not the just promise. Worm, we're not yeah. just worm food yeah. you know, after this, yeah. that uh, we are risen uh, from the dead with Christ. and You know, the, the thing about first fruits, which is interesting, because when you go back into the Old Testament, you, um, you know, it was, a, it was an, an agrarian society in many ways. And when the harvest came, they would take uh, the first fruits um, that, that they were able to produce and they would give it to the Lord. And it was really a statement of faith that we believe that God is going to do for us what he says he's going to do so we can afford to give to God back to him the very first, first. things that comes. Yeah. And so this is really a promise. Jesus's resurrection is the first, first fruits is a promise to us of our own resurrection. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Mm -hmm. First Thessalonians 4 um, says this, but we do not want you to be uninformed, as he's writing to this church. Um, but we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no mm. hope. Mm. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Amen. There is hope after death. Mm -hmm.
There is hope for us. You know, you think about that morning when the women came to the tomb and they were expecting to anoint um, a dead Jesus, mm-hmm. their friend, their savior, the, the one that they have followed and loved mm-hmm. and uh, given their lives for. And um, I mean, think about that. What a swing of emotion. Yeah. And you get there and he's not there. He's gone. Yeah. And no one's got an answer as to where he went, what happened to him, and the, the theories that uh, must have just um, been going on in their minds in mm-hmm. the moment as they were there that morning. And, um, and even as we look at uh, Romans 8, it says, If the spirit of him who uh, raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Can we get an amen? I'll amen that. Amen, man. I mean, just that he has given the spirit to us as a guarantee mm-hmm. of this hope yeah. um, that we know um, that God has changed us because now he lives mm-hmm. within us through his spirit. Yeah. And just as Christ you know, was raised from the dead and his body uh, was raised from the dead, one day we too, scripture tells us, will be raised yeah. From the dead, which is pretty cool, um, just by itself. Yeah. Um, but even better that we get to be raised to life with Jesus. Yeah. So such good news. You remember, he closed out that section of you know the of the negative uh, by saying that if if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we are to be most pitied. Mm. Well, then the the reverse of that, the obverse of that, would be is we are a people most to be envied. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but Christians ought to be the envy of the world. Mm. Uh, We we are loved beyond measure. We have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. We have been uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are securing Christ. We have received eternal life. We have been adopted into God's family. Uh, We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. God has equipped us and resourced us to live the kind of life that most people only dream about. Yeah. It, to me, it's, it's, it's just really, as, as believers, we ought to be the envy of the world. We could just stop there. We could. We could just sit around and just be grateful for all that God's given us. We could. We could. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the gospel changes everything. And the evidence, as we've seen here, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, 500 witnesses at, at one time. And, and we only scratched the, the surface of that. I, I would encourage you to check out those books that, yeah. that Eric mentioned. Um, the, um, the thing is, is you've got the eyewitnesses of Jesus' testimony, and then you have the empty tomb that proves our Savior lives. And I think it's one of the reasons I love that song we sang earlier. You know, that, I think it's the second stanza, you know, because he, he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yeah. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because mm. he lives. You see, the grave did not have the final word for Jesus, and it's not going to have the final word for us. When Jesus rose from the grave, he broke the power of sin and death, and the empty tomb is a symbol of Christ's victory, mm. a victory that is ours, that he shares with us. His resurrection is what gives us hope for today, 
and hope for the future. Yeah. And as I was thinking about how I wanted to kind of like close out our, our time together in the word, one of the verses that I've been meditating on comes from Revelation chapter one, verse seven. This is Jesus speaking and he says, fear not. One one of the things we hear repeatedly throughout scripture, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. Mm. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death in Hades. Thank God. You see, everything changes when a person believes and acts upon the gospel. Yeah. Everything. I mean, think about the disciples and how their lives were radically changed yeah. when they became convinced that Jesus was really risen from the dead. Think about Paul, who was Saul on the road to Damascus, and he meets Jesus. He, I mean, he's going to persecute the church to throw Christians in prison, and then all of a sudden he becomes the, the greatest spokesman for, for the Christian faith, for the, for the gospel. He becomes the, 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 the preacher, the apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. But you know, you can look back throughout history and find all sorts of people, but I bet you, There are people right around you, even right now, whose lives have been transformed by the gospel. You don't need to look much further than maybe mom or dad, maybe a son or a daughter, an aunt or an uncle, or maybe um, a grandparent. Um, But every person who you see whose life has been transformed by Christ is a piece of evidence Mm. that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Absolutely. Our eternal destiny changes when we believe the gospel. So as we close, I'm thinking there may be one or two or or even more of you that are out there that are not yet Christian. Um, I can't think of a a better time to give your life to Christ than today on Easter Sunday. And and so in a little bit, we're going to pray. But all you need to do, if, if that describes you, and, and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that, that he died and he rose on your behalf so that you could be made a child of God, so that you could receive eternal life, I would just encourage you to pray. You, you can get on your knees, you can sit in your chair, you can stand up, you can do whatever you want, but, but pray and, and admit to God what, what he already knows, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And that Jesus came to earth to die for you. And that by faith, you're willing to receive him and the gospel into your life and allow him to do the work in you, um, to give you um, the, the promise of eternal life that comes with the resurrection. I would encourage you to do that. And maybe there's somebody there in your home that would be willing to pray with you. Uh, if you uh, are certain that you belong to Christ, um, be thankful yeah. Be thankful. Yeah. But remember, Jesus didn't merely come to earth, die on the cross, and rise from the dead just so that you could go to heaven. Um, I, I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 15. He says, And he, Jesus, died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. If, if you're a, a follower of Christ, you're to live for him. Yeah. You, we are his witnesses. Yeah. 
we are called to make disciples. And, and more than that, we're called to love and serve one another. And in, and in case you're wondering, gee, I don't know if I can live for him. I don't know if I can make disciples. I don't, I don't know. Remember, if you know Christ, then the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have all you need to live for him. And um, I, I mean... I'm just stoked. I, I am stoked. Um, and I was thinking with Easter Sunday, it might be a fitting a, a fitting way for us to close out this service would be in song. Would you agree? I think so. So I'm glad you're going to sing a solo for us. And... <laughs> <laughs> Not today, folks. Not today, folks. But would you mind maybe closing us in prayer? And, and then we'll sing one more song together. Let's pray. God, uh, we uh, are, are grateful just to read this message, to have the chance to share um, this message, to talk about what Jesus has done, what you have done, mm. and uh, presenting such good news. God, as we uh, think about Jesus dying on the cross, that we might be set free from sin. And God, that um, yes. for those of us that have encountered you, much like Paul did on the road, mm. and our lives have been changed by the gospel, God, that we are free. We're free. We are forever free. God, that is such good news um, that you would do that for us. And God, for those that are with us today, God, that might not know what it means to be set free. God, whether they are um, four years old, um, sitting there with their family, or 85 and um, online for the very first time, mm. God, we pray today yes. that uh, they would meet you. Mm. And God, that they, they would be able to proclaim that you have set them free, mm. free, mm -hmm. forever, that they would be free. So God, we, uh, we love you today. We are grateful, so grateful, that Jesus um, did not uh, rot away in some tomb somewhere, but God, that he came back from the dead, that we might have life. God, we praise you. God, we praise the name of Jesus, that uh, you would do such a wonderful thing. Uh, for your name, for your glory in our lives. Thank you for this grace. May we all know it. May we all experience it. And God, may we all encounter you today. For it's in the great name of the risen and powerful Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.